the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The White House says there will be a state funeral for President George H.W. Bush, who passed away last night at age 94. Trump spokeswoman Sarah Sanders says the late president will be honored at Washington National Cathedral, though details have not yet been announced. And even though President Trump had a tense relationship with the Bush family, Sanders says he and Mrs. Trump will attend. He'll also designate Wednesday as a National Day of Mourning. After tweeting, the 41st president was a truly wonderful man. That's correspondent Sagar Magadi reporting Iran today has launched a domestically built destroyer in the Persian Gulf. That's commander of the Iranian Navy speaking in Farsi, saying it all proves that sanctions on Iran have not had any impact on the will of its naval forces. The 1,300-ton vessel is named Sahand. This is SRN News. Mark Levin says climate change has little to do with the changing climate. The idea that we can control the climate by driving less or by cows releasing less methane is so stupid and preposterous. And yet the left pushes this agenda because they don't have any intention of changing the climate. They want to change society. If they can control the climate, then they can regulate you. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. The longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is up next year on The Patriot. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the headliner, Mitch Berg. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick look at your weather forecast. There is a winter weather advisory in effect until tomorrow at noon. The snow starts up sometime this afternoon, and it looks like we'll see an inch this afternoon and then maybe one to three more inches overnight. It will be blustery as well, so not ideal driving conditions out there. TheFishTwinCities.com is playing all your favorite Christmas tunes. That's TheFishTwinCities.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the bright well, right wing, the bright shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, moldy, institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. My broadcast, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 14 and two-thirds years strong. Almost, no, actually, as of today, 14 and three-quarters years strong, dominating Twin Cities weekend radio. Ergo. Dominating Twin Cities Radio, along with my colleagues, Brad Carlson, Sundays from 1 to 3 here on the 1280. And that's AM 1280, The Patriot, for those of you in the know. And our good friend, King Banyan, every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, on the King Banyan Radio Show on AM 1440, The Businessman, together with the Northern Alliance Radio Network, taking it to the big state here in the Twin Cities. We came to kick tush and drink Diet Pop, and we're out of Diet Pop. 
That may not have sounded as aggressive as I wanted it to. You get what I'm after here. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. I'm a little... I'm a little hyped today. Today's one of those shows. I just, first of all, this sort of weather appeals to my inner Scotsman. It's the kind of day where I want to paint my face blue and charge at the Englishman yelling, you can take my life, but you cannot take my freedom. That sort of thing. And I know that was an atrocious Scottish accent. Work with me here, people. We're having fun. Uh, anyway, this, it just brings out a good mood. In my inner Scotsman. Now, if I'm buried at home on Monday when I'm trying to get to work, maybe another story. But one moment at a time here, folks. One moment at a time. So, a lot of stuff coming up today. We're going to be talking with Peter Wallinson, or Wallison, rather, author of uh, from the American Enterprise Institute. You've probably heard of him. He's been on Hugh Hewitt a few times. He's going to be talking about his new book, Judicial Fortitude, Our Last Chance to Roll Back the Deep State. Or the administrative state, same thing, distinction without a difference. Uh, we're going to be talking with him uh, or later on in the hour here today. Also, second hour, the uh, Met Council broke ground, broke ground on their new boondoggle, uh, the the Southwest Light Rail. After a couple of years of thinking we may have killed it off, it came back. The light, uh, the Southwest Light Rail uh, Trail is basically the. If you remember the movie Scream, which is basically a parody of of monster movies starring Nev Campbell uh, and and Courtney Cox, just say uh, one of the great lessons from from that series of movies, which is a parody of of monster movies, is, slasher movies, is when you think it's dead the first two times, it always rises one more time. Southwest Light Rail rising from the dead yet again. Uh, and uh, taking a bite out of the neck of the taxpayers of Minnesota. Uh, officially slated to cost $2 billion. Now, if the green line that has gutted my neighborhood, uh, a.k.a. the Vomit Comet, is any... I, I call it that, by the way, and I, I'm trying to popularize the name because, I don't know, you get on that train some mornings, I, and I will say I do take it to work, because it's cheaper than trying to park downtown. Thank you very much, City of Minneapolis. Uh, constricting the supply of parking to drive people onto mass transit. And, and it's working because I think the cheapest place I've found to park downtown maybe is eight bucks. And that's if you're in by six a.m., seven, six thirty a.m. I just, I can't quite do, can't quite do that. So I take the train. I mean, I figure I paid for it. I'm going to use it, right? Uh, they originally said that that uh, bad boy is going to run eh, right around maybe a little under a billion dollars. It came in a bill for, and it just keeps rising because, of course, every ride on the Vomit Comet costs, I think, what, $9, $10 in taxpayer subsidies for every ticket collected. I think I'm underestimating Dave Osmek will be in in the second hour because when there is talk of light rail, Senator Osmek cannot be far behind, and, and indeed, he shall be with us here in the second hour to talk about all of the things that you have to look forward to with the construction of, of the Southwest uh, light rail. Oh, and by the way, when they say $2 billion, the, the, the vomit comet started out at a billion, came in close to a billion for, and counting, and counting forever, because it's never going to be paid off. It's never going to break even. If they say $2 billion, building through all of that expensive Southwest Metro real estate, across all those expensive Southwest Metro highways, 
intersecting with all that expensive Southwest Metro utility infrastructure. If that thing comes in under $3 billion, I will personally drive the Met Council to their next Christmas party <laughs> in my 14-year-old Corolla. Anyway, uh, that, that's, that, that, that we have coming up here later on the broadcast here today. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Now, we just had in this country a fairly significant, not, 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 not bigger than average, but a significant uh, shift in electoral politics. The, the Democrats uh, in Minnesota can, can basically consolidated their control of the metro area. The Republicans, the conservatives, consolidated their control in greater Minnesota, and the battle lines are drawn in D.C. The Democrats took the House by not a historic margin, but a significant one. The Republicans hold the Senate by a strong margin that just got stronger this past week. And and so the idea of how Republicans and Democrats get along with themselves and with each other is important. And if you're a conservative, if you're a conservative who listens to this station, uh, especially if you're one of the people who was brought to politics by Donald Trump, you may think that all you have to do is put on an intransigent enough front and people will eventually come around to you. And, and sometimes sometimes you're right. That's a lesson that Donald Trump has taught us on a couple of issues right now so far in his, uh, in his first term. That being said, there is, in a democracy, in a representative republic, uh, eventually you're going to have to find some way to get along with your opposition because the alternative is eventually civil war. Because, which is, by the way, how governments have transferred power amongst themselves throughout almost all of human history. And as annoying as Democrats can be to deal with, it is, in fact, preferable to civil war. And if you look, by the way, at the history of, of monarchies throughout out history, through at the English monarchy from about, I don't know, 900 through about the 1600s, I mean, the wars that took place over royal succession that killed hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of people in, in various countries in the world, uh, it de decimated societies, gutted economies, and, and destroyed life for pretty much everyone but the nobles. Uh, you see what the alternative is, and you want to run with that alternative the best you can. And so, as as committed a conservative as I am, I realize that up to a certain point of extremism, the goal is to try to get along with the other side. And that means, hate to say, compromising sometimes. Now, on some issues. And 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 the goal in a in a representative republic for a conservative is to push the compromise as far to the right as you can, to make sure that the compromise is least onerous as possible. It will be to some extent onerous because we live in a divided country where half the country is smart and the other half votes Democrat. Oh, I did it. Darn it. Darn it. I keep trying not to do that. Anyway, where half the population disagrees with us. Now, I believe in, in my heart that there's that, that, that that we do need to do this because the alternatives are much worse than than not trying to at the very least. That being said, one of the most important things you do for people you care about or at least want to try to deal with as equals is 
letting them know when there is an elephant in the room. And by elephant in the room, I'm talking about in the therapeutic sense, not my band, which, by the way, is playing at the Eagles in Stillwater uh, four weeks from today. We'll come back to that later. The elephant in the room, of course, the idea that there's a big problem floating around out there that people are just afraid to talk about. And this is a problem I've noticed with Democrats and with especially progressive Democrats for, for quite some time now is that they, they talk down to people. They, 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 and by they, I mean their leadership, their punditry, their people who make up their chanting points operate under this, this notion that they are the smart people because per capita, they tend to spend more years in school than Republicans because for whatever reason, the progressive establishment tends to reward paper credentials in a way that it doesn't reward practical experience, which is life for most conservatives. We tend to work in places where experience counts more than paperwork credentials. And to many on the left, especially in metro areas, especially in fields where liberals tend to flock to, paper credentials count for a lot. I'm going to talk about the first segment or two here because the the extent to which Democrat politicians talk down to people is, I, I think, one of the things that, that makes it so very, very hard to deal with. I'm not, I'm not I'm not just talking about the inflammatory talking down to, like when a gun control activist looks at you and, and thinks they've come up with a brilliant burn by saying, huh, I think gun owners are compensating for something. <laughs> and they think they're being clever and they think they've tripped onto some major rhetorical coup here. Whereas, in fact, I think the first time I heard that one was something close to 40 years ago, back when I still favored gun control. Anyway. The story that came out this past week sort of reinforced this idea to me. Uh, a story that was released in Fox News, Fox News, Fox News, uh, said that Democrat politicians tend to talk down to black voters. Uh, a team from a, a university found that uh, Democratic candidates, by the way, I'm quoting the story here, quote, Democratic candidates used fewer competence-related words in speeches delivered to mostly minority, minority audiences than they did in speeches delivered largely to white audiences. The difference wasn't statistically significant in speeches by Republican candidates. There was no difference in Democrats or Republicans' usage of words related to warmth, in other words, the mnemonic for accepting friendliness towards people who are different than you, for those of you who don't follow these things for a living, and I do. Quote, it was really surprising to see that for nearly three decades, Democratic presidential candidates have been engaging in this predicted behavior. Now, I, I, I will point this out, that this you can dismiss this story if you want, because it came from Fox News. Fox News. Fox News. Wait, I lied. It came from Yale University. <laughs> the story came from Yale. And it found that in presidential, in politician, political speeches in general, Democrats talk down to black voters. We'll come back to that in a moment. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, the Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. You started a DIY project at home. Then you realize convenience isn't always easy. The why in DIY doesn't mean why is this so hard. At ADT, we DIFY, do it for you. We customize and install a secure smart home that you control from the palm of your hand or the sound of your voice. 
Smart security designed and installed just for you with ADT. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn more. License information available at ADT.com. ADT. Real protection. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-741-5592. That's 800-741-5592. 800-741-5592. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at slugquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for a rewards card you can't seem to find. At AM 1280 The Patriot, we've simplified the process. All the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Freedom Fan Club where you'll get early access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Hey, we've got a Christmas miracle for you. Patriot wants to pay your mortgage or rent, if that's the way you roll, for all of 2019. You can do this. Enter today for your chance to win by clicking the Christmas Mortgage Miracle at am12athepatriot.com. By the way, you have to be a member of the Freedom Fan Club to be eligible to win. So sign up for the fan club today. Got to enter before December 20th. You got three weeks to get on this. Just imagine what you could do with all that extra cash that you're just flushing down uh, the, the commode on your mortgage or rent today. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. First, if you haven't already signed up for the Freedom Fan Club, then sign up for the Christmas Mortgage Miracle at am1280thepatriot.com. Just one of the many potential benefits and real, realized actual benefits that you can get right now from the Freedom Fan Club, courtesy AM1280, The Patriot. Join it, won't you please? But Democrats, progressives, let's just call them progressives because they're not liberals even anymore. 
They talk down to everyone. Now, the piece that I just talked about from not Fox News, but Yale, points out that Democrat politicians talk down to African-American voters in a way that Republicans do not. And this is from that noted conservative tool, Yale. Uh, And by the way, when I see these things, I I think of all those stupid social science polls that you see on social media that that claim uh, one thing or another. They claim that that, uh, Republicans are happier, that Democrats are uh, are better educated, that Republicans are better tippers, this, that, the other. It's usually very self-serving stuff that's garbage science. And most social science, even forget about on social media, most social science that you read out there, as I say this as someone who has to practice some of it in my day job, uh, is garbage. Even if it comes from a major university, most of it is complete dreck because uh, the contours of the human mind and human behavior are still very, very, very much out there and and, and, and misunderstood. And so you always have to read the fine print on these social science studies. That being said, I think they did a good job on this one. Quote, they, Yale, designed a series of experiments in which white participants were asked to respond to a hypothetical or presumed real interaction partner. For half of these participants, their partner was given a stereotypically white name, such as Emily. For the other half, the partner was given a stereotypically black name, such as Lakeisha. Participants were asked to select from a list of words for an email to their partner. For some studies, this email was for a work-related task. For others, this email was simply to introduce themselves. Each word had been previously scored on how warm or competent it appears. The word sad, for example, scored low for both warmth and and uh, competence. Melancholy, on the other hand, scored high for competence and low on warmth. Participants also completed a variety of measures that assessed how liberal they were. The researchers found that the liberal individuals were less likely to use words that would make them appear highly competent when the person they were addressing was presumed to be black rather than white. No significant differences were seen in the word selection of conservatives based on presumed race of their partner. Quote, it was kind of an unpleasant surprise to see this subtle but persistent effect, uh, the lead researcher said. Even if it's ultimately well-intentioned, it could be seen as patronizing. Indeed, you could fairly call it libsplaining. The liberals have to splain things to people that they perceive as less worthy, less smart, less intelligent than they are. Now, I bring this up because we see this all throughout our society. For example, uh, one of the, the trends that I have has got me the most angry in an amused kind of way is the phrase you hear from liberals constantly. And, and, and that's the idea that conservative voters, especially blue-collar conservative voters, don't, quote, vote in their best interests. It's even in the subtitles of books. I mean, what's the the one book by uh, Thomas Franks? Uh, what's the matter with Kansas? Why don't voters in American heartland, America's heartland vote for their best interests? And, of course, this presumes that the best interest is the welfare state, liberal policies, you know, the policies that gave us Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Camden, Stockton, St. Louis, New Orleans, Detroit, Baltimore, North Minneapolis, Dayton's Bluff, you know, those best interests, right? And the idea, of course, is that people are stupid and they need government to take care of them. That is really what it is. And, and of course, this, again, yet again, a Berg's seventh law uh, issue because 
they think people are smart are, are stupid, so they naturally have to project this onto those who are unlike them. So you disagree with them. I bring this up because, as we've seen, as this study from Yale University shows, people tend to libsplain more as they move out uh, to the left side of the political spectrum. In the meantime, they project upon those who disagree with them the idea that they explain uh, things to, to, to them in a condescending manner. And, and the one that I've run into the most lately is the notion of mansplaining. In other words, the, the, the notion that women feel that men are condescending to them. And I get it. It does happen. There is such a thing as a guy explaining something in a condescending way to a woman because she is a woman. Uh, on the other hand, there are people who have I don't, made a fetish of the idea of defining what mansplaining is and, in fact, uh, put women up on a pedestals intellectually, rhetorically, personally speaking, because of their gender rather than their qualifications and competence. This came out this past week in a, in a, in a tweet by a woman named Kim, Kim Goodwin, who is naturally uh, a professor who tweeted, quote, who wrote on Twitter, I have had more than one male colleague sincerely ask whether a certain behavior is mansplaining. More than one male colleague sincerely ask. <coughs> Soy boy. Anyway, uh, since apparently this is hard to figure out. Oh, we've been femsplained. Anyway, since apparently this is hard to figure out, I made one of them a chart. The chart is entitled, Am I Mansplaining? And, and it starts off with the first box in the flowchart. Did she ask you to explain it? Yes, then it's not mansplaining. Oh, but big of you there. Uh, y- yes, uh, and then do you have more relevant experience? Yes, by a fair amount. And, and would most men with her education experience already know this? Well, if not, and then if you were asked for the explanation, then you're not mansplaining. So you're all in the clear there. Uh, if you have more experience, and if the experience is about the same, or she has more, or she has way, way, way more, and it's and is a well-known expert on the subject. Then uh, she accuses you and convicts you in the court of her own little uh, the, the kangaroo court in her imagination of one degree of quote mansplaining or another. Now, by the way, I say this in all honesty: never been accused of it to my face, and I partly because in my line of work, I pretty much figure anyone who wants to ask me something, go ahead. Uh, I don't have a grant a consultant. I don't have any great interest in propping up people who are competing with me. So uh, if they're not on my team, sink or swim, baby. Anyway, uh, the and, and of course, this is the sort of thing, as Dennis Prager puts it, it takes an elite education to come up with an idea this stupid. Because there are ways, there are parts of society that, that have ways of of showing a stranger exactly how experienced, how competent, how knowledgeable one is about a subject. One of them is the military, where you can see by the stripes on someone's arm or the uh, badge on their collar, if they're high enough in rank, exactly where they rank and where you fit into the pecking order. And that's a fairly cut and dried one. If you work in a hospital, someone who is visibly a doctor gets a certain amount of deference. But in all of those fields, there is the idea that being a good leader, being a good person, uh, 
involves uh, being a humble, worthwhile human being that is worth working with and communicating with involves some idea that while one may have more experience than people around them, it doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't mean you can't, and this is something that uh, that Dr. Goodwin apparently misses in her in her smug, entitled, dare I say, femsplaining flowchart. Sometimes even very experienced, highly credentialed, uh, credentialed people are wrong. And one of the worst habits you can get to as a leader, as an authority, is to abandon your humility to the point where you think you're immune to just completely botching things sometimes. And if you write off all attempts to perhaps communicate with you that perhaps your credentials notwithstanding, whatever they may be, you got something wrong here. And your response to that is, well, you're mansplaining. You see, that's not an argument. It's a logical fallacy. It's an ad hominem. It's saying, in as, almost as many words, your argument is wrong, not because you've got any facts wrong. In fact, it's a way of deflecting away from avoiding assessment of the actual facts presented. I am dismissing your argument because of who you are because you are a male who is questioning me, because you are a male who I perceive as being of lower rank than a female, regardless of whether or not the higher, ostensibly higher-ranking female is correct. And there's a word for it, and the word is not mansplaining. Uh, it's stupid. It's arrogant. It's entitled. It's something that I have come to call urban progressive privilege. And I would have to say that Dr. Goodwin is a, is a classic example of same, someone who exudes and has apparently spent an entire academic, quote, career, end quote, marinating in this urban progressive privilege uh, that she will never be questioned on because she is an academic. And she has a lot of fans out there, we'll say that. 651-289-4488. Robert Wallace and we come back talking about our last chance to roll back the administrative state on AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Be right back. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The cost of many Medicare plans are decreasing this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans, plans that can eliminate your out-of-pocket costs, plans with $0 premiums, and even plans that pay you back. What is it people need to keep in mind? With so many new options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more. With lower co-pays, more choices like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage, and the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Don't miss out on savings you deserve. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. Find out if you can get a Medicare plan that pays you back. Call 800-735-8803. That's 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803. 
Want to maintain your mental sharpness as you age? Learn to dance. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, dancing is better for your brain than other recreational activities. Now you can learn to dance as a couple with this exclusive half-price offer from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. Get 20 lessons for just $8.50. That's half price. American Classic Ballroom has developed the most effective method to teach you any dance style. 20 dance lessons for just $8.50 from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. 651-405-8800. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Hey, what are you listening to over there? Same thing I always listen to, The Fish. They're playing Christmas music now? All season long. It sounds perfect for our Christmas party tonight. Can you email me the link? No, it's easy. Just type in thefishtwincities.com. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Tune in now for Christmas classics and contemporary favorites on thefishtwincities.com. Supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, quick reminder here, some of your favorite AM1280 The Patriot shows are available in podcast form. Listen on demand at am1280thepatriot.com. Just click on the podcast tab. You'll have access to the deep archive of interviews, conversations on big happenings of the week, every other hot topic you can imagine. That's am1280thepatriot.com. Click on podcast. By the way, our podcast goes up about five after three when we get off the air. So you can uh, carry it with you for your own convenience. Do it. Well, my name's John Lee Over the past couple of weeks, I've talked about the ongoing theme that America's faced a lot of enemies from outside, and, and we're pretty well impervious to them because we're a strong, wealthy, self-assured, confident, and in a lot of ways, at least intellectually and physically, still growing country. We're, we haven't fallen into that backside of the bell curve uh lethargy that overtakes so much of countries see europe now the only enemies we face that could possibly take us down are well i wrap them all up with progress into the under the, the banner of progressivism but the manifestation of prof- progressivism that is doing us the most damage right now and perhaps has the, the potential to do the, 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 the most lethal damage to this country's vitality possible is the administrative state. With us to talk about that from the American Enterprise Institute, uh, senior fellow Peter Wallison, a guy who I must say I was reading quite some time ago when you uh, called, you probably encapsulated more common sense about the financial crisis uh, 10 years ago than, than every other writer in New York. And I have to thank you for that. Peter Wallison, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you very much. It was a nice thing you said, and 
I'm delighted to talk with you today. It's great to have you here. You have a book out. Uh, it, the, the book is Judicial Fortitude, uh, The Last Chance to Reign in the Administrative State, which is not exactly a cheery title, but it is certainly on point for those of us who've been following this thing for a while. Uh, Peter Wallace, for starters, you, you go way back in, in policy. You're former, I believe, White House counsel, if I have this correct. Uh, That's right. You, have, uh, so you were back in the Reagan administration, as I recall. Uh, you have been with the American Enterprise Institute for quite some time. You have been following public, po- public policy on a lot of levels uh, for a long time. Uh, tell us a little bit about the administrative state you're talking about. When you refer to this, define it for the uh, layperson listening. The administrative state is uh, really is just all of the federal agencies and sub-agencies, and there are hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, and located almost entirely around Washington, D.C. And we start with, say, the Treasury Department, which is a major cabinet department. And we go all the way down um, through various levels until you get to the independent agencies like the SEC and the FCC. Um, so it's the term administrative state, I think, uh, just in, includes all of the federal government's uh, executive branch agencies. And what people, I think people who work in the private sector, who don't deal with government regulations for a living or from the inside, as you have, uh, so, sometimes it can be oblivious to the, the complete control that this administration have over, has over uh, the administrative state, I should say, not the administration, has yeah. over, people's, uh, over, over people's lives, over people's livelihoods, over entire industries. And, and the, the depth of this is, I think... Uh, spelled out by, I mean, there's a statistic out there that says every person commits three felonies a day, most of them administrative or tax-related. Uh, the one that I love, there's a social media account there called A Law A Day. It's on Twitter, and every day they just pull at random some federal statute that's generally a regulatory statute sprung from the administrative state. The one for today, and this may not come as a surprise to you, Peter Wallison, but it will to other people. There is a federal crime involved in being involved in the federal Kiwi Importation Board, the board that oversees the, improdu- uh, the introduction of not New Zealanders but Kiwi fruit. And it is to to uh, <laughs> to to paraphrase the movie Fight Club. The only rule of the Kiwi Importation Board is it's a federal crime to talk about what you talk about on the Kiwi Importation Board. There is a federal law about importing kiwis and talking about it. This is the depth, the ridiculousness yeah. of the depth of the administrative state, and yet nobody's laughing if you're paying attention, Peter Wallison. It it is very crazy, but um, actually your numbers are a little bit off because in every year since 1993. There have been more than 3,000 regulations and rules put out by the administrative state agencies. So you, when you said a law a day, that's only one-tenth oh, of, yeah. what, <laughs> of what comes out every year. And just to code it all up for you and your audience, that's 101,000 rules and regulations just since 1993. Yes. In 25 years. So um, we are subject to an enormous number of rules and regulations that we don't even know about, can't possibly know about. And the question is, how do we stop this? 
from happening, and that's what the book is about. And and, and uh, just to just to lead up to the premise here, I mean, depending on the legislative branch to stop this is a fool's errand because, of course, these regulations, to the extent that the legislative branch interacts with them at all, are frequently bones that are thrown thrown to constituencies of various types. And the, answering the question, we have to do something, right? Which is the the, the great response of the legislative branch. The executive branch, of course lives for this stuff. I mean, this is why we have a federal bureaucracy to set up, administer, and in some cases make them up as they go along. These, these regulations, the administrative state frequently is beyond control of the, of, of the legislative branch and in the interest of the executive branch. So, uh, what do we do about it's it, actually, Peter Wilson? Go ahead. It's actually out of control of the uh, executive branch, too. Um, and the, one of the points I make in the book, and it's, part of this comes from my experience in the White House and Reagan's administration, but um, one of the points I make in the book is that when, you, when there are three, over 3,000 rules and regulations a year, even the president can't stop that from happening. There are just too many things going on, too many rules coming out for them to be reviewed for logic, for common sense for any other purpose or whether they're whether they are consistent with the statutory authority that the agency has so it's out of the control of congress which doesn't want to take control because they like the fact that they can seem to be solving problems for people just by setting goals Mm -hmm. and then giving the power to fulfill those goals to an administrative agency um, which means the agency makes really tough decisions that Congress has now avoided. Yep. But Congress then goes to the constituents and says, see, we solved your problem. We passed the Clean Water <laughs> Act. We passed the Clean Air Act. And the poor constituent says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, why is this farm pond subject <laughs> to federal law? I don't understand it. And, and the, the senator or the congressman says, whoa, 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 that's not me. I didn't vote for that. That's the administrative agency. And yeah. what and what the constituent doesn't really understand is that Congress gave that authority to the administrative agency because it did not want to make those decisions itself. Absolutely. So, now, Donald, Donald Trump came into office saying he was going to roll back regulations. And at least it's fun to hear a president talking in those terms and actually making doing something about it. On the other hand, and I don't know about you, Peter Wallison, but when I hear about a, a, an executive branch uh, officer trying to talk about about stopping regulations, you, you talked about the avalanche of regulations that come out every single day from the feds. And I, I'm just, I, I hearken back to that I Love Lucy episode where she's working on the candy assembly line and, and the candy just keeps going faster and faster. Right, <laughs> right exactly. So, so, Peter Wallison, you, you, you have a premise in your book, What Can We Do?, uh, to try to rein in this administrative state that we have? Fortunately, we are in a position where we have a court, a Supreme Court today, that is willing to rein in the administrative state, at least a majority of the Supreme Court, the five members of the court. There were three there before, and then the, fortunately President Trump uh, uh, appointed two more who are constitutionalists yep. and understand the importance of the separation of powers and the fact that the executive branch should not have the powers that it has when it, when it issues all of these regulations. Um, it has only the power that Congress has actually given it specifically. And one of the problems that we have here, Mitch, is that in 1984, uh, the, the, the Supreme Court adopted a case called Chevron versus NRDC. And in that case, they said 
to courts, to the lower courts, here's how you should react when you have a case before you in which someone is challenging the authority of an administrative agency. What you should do is defer to the agency's interpretation of its authority, as long as you think that's reasonable. Now, what do you think that meant to the agencies? It meant they could use not only the new laws that were coming out after 1984, but laws that were passed years and years and years before, which might give them some um, authority that they hadn't used already. And so that's why we have over 3,000 regulations in every year. Um, So how do we stop that? The first thing you have to do is to deal with this Chevron case and modify that case. And that will be, I think, fairly easy for these for this five, these five um, justices, because all of them at one point or another during their tenure, either on the court or on the courts of appeals, have expressed concern about the scope of Chevron and the effect that it is having on on the, the government. The second thing that has to be done is for the court to start uh, determining where that line is between things that are legislative and things that are administrative. And they they have to start creating what I call uh, a jurisprudence of non-delegation to make sure that Congress is not delegating too much authority to the executive branch. Those are two things that the courts have to do that they have not really done in 200 years. Yeah. And we're fortunate that we have people on the court now who can do it. And the important, the reason I wrote the book is that people have to get engaged in this. They have to understand that the, the rules that they are living under are not being made by the Congress that they vote for. And if we are a democracy or a democratic republic or whatever you want to call it, or a representative republic, whatever it is, we are not the ones who are making the, the decisions as we should be. Um, it is these unelected people who are in Washington and use their own priorities, the, the priorities that they like, um, to decide what kinds of rules we all, all the rest of us live under. We're up against a break. Peter Walson, can we keep you one more segment here? Because I've got so many questions. I want to open this up to the sure. audience as well. We're talking with Peter Walson from the American Enterprise Institute, author of the book Judicial Fortitude, uh, the, the book, of course, available on Amazon, The Last Chance to Reign in the Administrative State. By the way, I've got a link to that uh, book on uh, shotinthedark.info. That would be my blog. If you got questions or comments for Peter Wallison, uh, join us at 651-289-4488 or at hashtag NarnShow. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. AM1280, The Patriot. We've worked hard our entire lives to provide for our families and retirement. We've entrusted others to make decisions with our investments. Don't you want to be in control of your financial freedom? Learn to be the best steward of your own money. Join us at Online Trading Academy for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA or go to learnwithota.com. Again, pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. 
You can give a truly unique gift and save half off the regular price with a hot air balloon ride at treetop level across the St. Croix River Valley. The memory becomes sweeter knowing you paid half the regular price through this special radio offer. Float quietly along between the lush green earth below and wide open expanse of the blue sky above. Call today, 651-405-8800 to purchase a private ride for two from Stillwater Balloons at half off the regular price. Limited number available. Call us at 651-405-8800. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Does what we do matter? You know, in the big scheme of things, how important is a roof or gutters? And and maybe those things aren't real important in the eternal scope of things, but they are important in us establishing relationships with other people. And they're also important in being able to reach out, being able to meet people, being able to expand the kingdom or, or edify or build each other up. So maybe our work is more of a vehicle to establish relationships than it is just a business. Some of the services we offer are shingle roofing, residential roofing. We also do commercial and residential flat roofs, rubber and TPO flat roofs, small or large. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, you can always contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. There are lots of ways to stay comfortable in the winter months. Warm socks, hot cocoa, and a new energy-efficient furnace from Standard Heating. Right now, during Standard's Winter Comfort Sale, you can save up to $2,090 on a new 96% energy-efficient furnace. Not only will you save up to $2,090, you'll also save on your energy bills and not have to worry about an old furnace. That's a whole lot of comfort and a whole lot of savings. You can also take comfort in Standard's Nate Certified Technicians, who've earned the thanks of over 475,000 happy customers. And with their ironclad guarantee, you know they'll always stand by their work. Learn more about saving up to $2,090 during Standard's Winter Comfort Sale and other great deals on a variety of furnaces and boilers today. Just go to standardheating.com patriot. Don't wait. These offers end November 30th. Standard heating and air conditioning. Comfort you deserve. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. If you got questions for Peter Wallinson. Wallison from the American Enterprise Institute and uh, author of Judicial Fortitude, The Last Chance to Reign in the Administrative State. By the way, I've got the link to that book on Amazon at shotinthedark.info should you, uh, should you uh, want to check it out. I, I, I'm, it's going to be a fascinating read here. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, we've got some callers on the line, uh, Peter Wallison, but before we do that, I've just got a question. Uh, let's talk about the Supreme Court majority that we have right now. Five, uh, five conservative seats right now, uh, more hope, potentially coming during this first uh, term here. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Not to wish Ruth Bader Ginsburg ill, but mm, you know the drill. So uh, how confident are you that the majority that we have on the Supreme Court is actually going to rule the right way on this? And I'm, I'm thinking like a lot of conservatives do uh, about Justice Roberts' uh, votes on Obamacare on, on the, on the, on the mm-hmm. fee mm-hmm. versus taxes issue. How confident are you that, they, that, they, that our majority is going to do the right thing? Well, um really hard to say. I'd say maybe 75%, and I'll tell you why. I'm not 100% confident. Right. And it's not because of Roberts, because actually, as a matter of fact, Roberts um, has said just recently in some cases that he accepts this idea that the court has to step in and make sure 
that the two other branches stay within their assigned roles. Now, saying it is one thing, doing it is another thing, um, but I, I, this is one area where anyone who sees himself as a constitutional lawyer who, who respects the Constitution will understand that keeping the executive branch, keeping the legislature from giving lawmaking power to the executive branch is what the Constitution was all about. That's why the framers put it in those forms, because they did not want an executive to have the power to both make the law and enforce the law. That to them, when they were making the concept, drawing up the Constitution, that was the basis of tyranny. And so that's why our Constitution is structured this way. And I think these people on the Supreme Court, that majority is going to try to do it. Now, the reason I have this 25% doubt is that they tried to do it in the past. In 1935, the court did uh, rule in two cases that the uh, Congress had delegated legislative authority to the president and struck down the laws that were involved there. Um, In 1936, FDR won an enormous landslide, and one of the first things he did was propose something called the court packing plan, Mm -hmm. where he said he would like to um, add seven new justices to the court, making it 16 16 justices. And that way, um, he would be able to get the court more under control. Now, that didn't happen. Fortunately, the American people opposed it. Congress didn't pass it. But the court was cowed by that. And that's ever since that time, They have not done anything along the lines of declaring that Congress has gone too far in delegating authority to the executive branch. So that's why the book is called Judicial Fortitude, because Alexander Hamilton said in one uh, one of the pieces he wrote about the Constitution, one of the Federalist papers, he said the Supreme Court, was all the courts, were given lifetime appointments because they have to have the fortitude to stand up to the power of the elected branches. And that's what I'm calling on the courts to do in this, with this book, stand up to, for the constitution against the power of the elected branches. Absolutely. And if they do, there will be huge backlash. Yep. No doubt about it. The left will go crazy about this. Um, but if the court is honest about its role in the whole process of uh, interpreting the Constitution, they have to do it. Uh, let's go to the phones very briefly. We're very short on time. Dan and Hopkins, you've got about 10 seconds. Get your question in, please. Great guest. It appears to me that it's really largely the Democrats that are the corrupt party concerning all these matters. I don't know one Democrat that wants to reduce government and to name a few Republicans, Flake, probably. But isn't that seem to be the case? Dan, thank you for your call. Peter Wallison, brief uh, comment on the partisan nature of the administrative state. Yeah, clearly this is, uh, the, the, the administrative state is doing the things that the Democrats want the government to do. And so, yes, they support the administrative state, and if we try to rein it in, they will be the major protesters.
So well, you mentioned the, the Chevron case, and the thing that occurs to me in, in talking to you about this and in, in other guests I've had talking about the administrative state, not only have they basically been given uh, legislative power by, by default from the Congress that doesn't want to make the tough calls, but it's almost as if they built a shadow judicial system with its own precedents and in some cases its own administrative law system that's parallel and in some cases more important than the real judicial system, uh, which is, I think, something that's equally as, as onerous that we need to overthrow. Uh, what are you, you talked about the need to overthrow the, the 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 results of the Chevron case? How and you talked about the need to get people involved in doing that. What are some of the mechanics, briefly, mechanics in the next about a minute here uh, of uh, overthrowing the Chevron case and how can people get involved in doing this, uh, Peter Wallison? Well, there are two two different things. First of all, um, it's it's the way the judicial system works. Automatically, there will be efforts to overthrow the Chevron case, as soon as lawyers see that there is a chance that their clients can win at the Supreme Court and the lower courts, they will bring cases that will um, challenge Chevron. Those cases will reach the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will then modify or eliminate Chevron. That's that's my view of that. Um, The way the people can be involved is to make sure that this whole idea that we have to rein in the administrative state is talked about. The book is maybe circulated or people read it and tell their friends. Things like that um, will support the court. That's the important. That's why I mentioned what happened in 1935. The court needs the support to do this. They may think they have the responsibility to do it, but they might be afraid of the blowback that will occur if they do it. So you have to have a lot of people saying, let's get to it. Let's do it. Court, we're looking to you to get this done. Peter Wallison from the American Enterprise Institute, author of Judicial Fortitude, The Last Chance to Reign in the Administrative State. My only regret, Peter Wallison, is I did not block out a full hour to discuss this. This is fascinating stuff, and when you turn your book into, I don't know, paperback or a movie or whatever, let's do this again, please. This has been fantastic. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks very much, Mitch. Peter Walson from the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, When we come back, Senator Dave Osbeck joins us to talking about uh, the light rail, the new light rail, uh, the the red line, I believe it is, going to the southwest. Oh, we'll talk about it. Go nowhere. Be right back. Want to know why the market closed where it did today? Catch Josh Arnold's Closing Market Report every weekday afternoon at 353 on AM 1280 The Patriot. Josh will give you instant analysis and insight on the day's events that impacted the market. It's straight talk and not sugar-coated advice. Listen each day at 3.53 p.m. to the Closing Market Report with Josh Arnold, investment consultant and registered investment advisor. More intelligent talk from AM 1280 The Patriot. You started a DIY project at home. Then you realize convenience isn't always easy. The why in DIY doesn't mean why is this so hard. At ADT, we DIFY, do it for you. We customize and install a secure smart home that you control from the palm of your hand or the sound of your voice. Smart security, designed and installed just for you with ADT. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn more. License information available at ADT.com. ADT, real protection. Everybody's doing it, and everybody's making money at it, except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors, and you don't know how to get in the game. Talk to us at Salem Surround. 
digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness, even if you have none, and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. We can design and implement all of your online marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your online advertising and sales. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now, there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. That's surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. Have you ever considered how important a good night's sleep is to your overall health? Hi, it's Lee Michaels here for Carbon Cool Adjustable Beds. Have you ever heard the phrase, sleep well, live well? Well, besides all the wonderful health benefits and affordable pricing my friends at Carbon Cool Adjustable Beds offer, they would like you to call 763-325-5253 and enter the November sweepstakes for your opportunity to win your own Carbon Cool Adjustable Bed, valued at $1,600 and without any obligation or purchase required. Enter your name and address. They'll send you an information packet that will help you understand the many health and lifestyle benefits you can truly enjoy with your own Carbon Cool Adjustable Bed. Five different models, as well as many pricing options to meet your needs. Call my friends at Carbon Cool Adjustable Beds. They'll answer all your questions. 763-325-5253, 763-325-5253, and ask about their senior discounts, too. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.